Welcome back to Your Average Witch, where we talk about witch life, witch stories, and sometimes a little witchcraft on the full and new moon every month. In this episode, we meet Darcy, a witch in California. Darcy tells us about how witchcraft saved her life, she geeks out about tarot and symbology, and she tells us about how she wants to own a witchy business. Now let's get to the stories. Hi, Darcy. Welcome to the show. Hi, Kim. Thank you for having me. So excited to be here. <laughs> We've just had about 30 minutes of, of, of computer hell, so that's been fun. Would you please introduce yourself to everyone and let them know who you are, where they can find you? Absolutely. Uh, my name is Darcy Porter. Um, I am an eclectic witch, a bit of a, a modern witch, according to some quizzes that I've taken. Um, I can be found on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook still. Yeah, more or less. Um, but let's see. Is this a good place to drop handles? Sure. What do you think? Okay, cool. Um, Instagram, my handle is at Dars side of the force. So that's D-A-R-C-E dot side dot of the dot force. And anyone who manages to find their way there can find my link tree. And that's got links to everything else. Um, yeah. And Twitter is at the underscore Dars underscore side, the Dars side. I have given up on Twitter. I know we interact there sometimes, but I have given up. I just, it's, last I'm night, obsessed. I realized I <laughs> it is a lot. I feel like honing your, your like homepage, like what you scroll through um, is, is key. I would rather spend more time on Twitter than Facebook at this point. It's oh, Facebook yeah. is all of my, you know, older relatives and oh. some of my, some of my friends who are like turning into their parents and posting just like memes and just like, just really, really silly things. And when I say silly, I mean like borderline offensive. So I just take a step back. It's, it's, it's a mess over there. And it's, you know, it's people who are like my age and maybe like a little bit older who like grew up with the internet. Like, you know, they, they paved the way. These were the people, these are the, the people who like, how do I say it in a way that's, you know, the internet was the wild west and these were, Cowboys. How can I say more or less? Yeah, like I want to say it in a way Oregon that's not Trail. like super colonial. Yeah, like without the whole like manifest destiny and killing you know Native Americans part. Um, but <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm like, how are you so bad at the internet? Like other millennials and borderline Gen Xers, I'm like, I don't get it. You had this, like this was your playground. You were like, you were given this, and you're just messing it all up. It's so funny to me. Anyway, so yes. Uh, yeah. <laughs> On that note, I guess, I don't know. You're the host. I don't know why I'm trying to host. <laughs> so I have to give a little shout out to my chair. So if you hear Hey, that, chair? That's yeah, what that is, it's everyone. talking. I'm sorry, but sometimes I move and I have not WD-40'd it yet. I apologize. I'm excited to have another guest on, on the podcast with me. I'm honored. Oh, good. <laughs> So what does it mean to you when you call yourself a witch? Uh, for me personally, it's I it feels natural. Like it was something that I only started doing probably about five years ago. And it just 
it, everything kind of sunk into place once I started calling myself a witch and just like falling into that rhythm of, yes, this is what is my authentic way of being. Um, it also, it makes me proud. You know, it says that, you know, here I am in all my power. I'm going to take up space. And if you don't like it, you can get out of my way and just let it happen because it's going to happen anyway. And also, I I feel like it's a gratitude prayer at the same time. Not to, <laughs> I know that sounds a little cheesy. And I realize that it takes, you know, an immense amount of privilege to be able to out loud call myself a witch and live my life um, out of the broom closet, more or less. Like I'm open about it. My family knows, my friends know. And I realize that it's still so dangerous for so many witches to to practice what they believe in because, you know, there's still a lot of persecution and oppression and just all out wrong and bad ideas about what it means to walk a magical path. So it's it has a lot of weight to me. And, you know, at the same time, I wouldn't call myself anything else. Would you say you have any family history with witchcraft? Like back in the Funnily day enough, when your mom did something real weird yes actually which came as quite a surprise uh to me when i when i discovered it so my grandmother my dad's mom uh passed away in 2020 she had lived a long life it was natural like we as a family were like mentally and spiritually prepared like it was not fine but as fine as it could be right so i i go to my aunt my dad's eldest sister and I asked for my grandma's birth time because I was going to, you know, plug it into an online generator or whatever and get her birth chart. And she gets back to me and she's like, hold, please. And then she texts me, a, not a screenshot, but she had photographed a hand-drawn birth chart drawn by my great-grandmother sometime in like huh. the 30s or 40s. I know. I just, I never expected that. This was like, I knew my great grandmother barely. I was very young when she passed away. Um, so like I met her, I interacted with her, but it wasn't one of those things like she could have really shared with me because I was too young to understand. Um, but her daughter, my grandmother certainly wasn't into any of that. She was far too practical and all four of her children, um, more or less turned out practical as well at least you know we're not they they weren't church people you know what i mean like they went to church but it you know christmas easter and that's about it um i would say that my dad's siblings are they're artistically inclined you know they're into the woo uh more or less my dad is definitely not <laughs> not at all so to hear that you know my great grandma was somebody that I definitely would have been friends with was just uh it was like a a sigh of relief honestly because I did kind of feel like hey am I the weird one in the family am I the black sheep and it turns out absolutely not like <laughs> great grandma may she she and I would have been tight and then on my mom's side um they're all like super intuitive like very empathic my mom is the youngest of oh gosh five kids i think Details are sketchy there because my mom had a rough childhood and didn't talk to a few of her siblings for a long time. And in my reconnecting with some of her siblings, I find out like the majority of her sisters are witches without calling themselves 
witches. You know, they just they they know things. They are spiritually sensitive, not all out like psychic mediums, and they just know things. My mom always knew things too. Like I yeah. I could never I could never lie to her. She knew. <laughs> she could she would always figure it out. She's she was so smart. I say was like she's not still with us. She's absolutely <laughs> still alive. <laughs> she's fine. <laughs> Also, my mom's not dead. <laughs> yeah, she's not dead. <laughs> well, you I you call yourself an eclectic witch. Can you share any of your daily practices with us? Do you have any daily or regular practices? Um, I do, actually. I have a lot of magical tools that I interact with daily. Most of it, most of them are like my jewelry, like intentional crystal jewelry that I wear. I keep runes, not runes. Well, yeah, actually, I keep runes and tarot cards in my backpack at all times. And that goes with like it's goes with me to work every day. I have sigils in my in my server book because I wait tables right now. That's what I do uh, to pay the bills. And yeah, pretty much every every morning, like my skincare routine is, you know, part of like a glamour magic routine. This is what I do to protect myself. And it's, you know, I do my best to say pull a rune or a tarot card before my shift just to find out, you know, what kind of work day it's going to be. And I'll usually draw it on my hand. <laughs> uh, I'll draw the rune on my hand to remind me this is the tool that I need to carry with me into battle today. I, I'm actually really into like a lot of childlike superstitions. I, they're fun. For me, they bring me joy. And they're usually rooted in, you know, old wives tales and a little bit of magic here and there. So like driving through a yellow light, I'll kiss my hand and touch the roof of my car. <laughs> I've done that since high school. Uh, and it depends on who you ask, like what that means. And I don't even know anymore. I just feel like it's uh, one of those. Again, it, all of these are, are things that help me be more mindful that there is something bigger than me out there. This is energy that I can influence. So if it brings me luck, if it adds uh, seconds onto my life, um, some people that it says that it you know adds onto like oh x many minutes of good sex, like that's great too. I'll take that shit. What? Um, <laughs> Wait, what else? What? I keep. <laughs> what are we oh yeah, here? like <laughs> oh the the yellow light thing. <laughs> like oh. if you if you what? drive through a yellow light, yeah, and kiss your hand and touch the roof of the car, it's like mm, two more seconds of good sex, and you know if, when, when you're sixteen. My, my my silly teenage friends, you know, huh. this was something that we giggled about <laughs> when we were teenagers. You know, in all our all encompassing sexual knowledge, you know, at that age, Jesus. But I I again, it's not exactly clear why I still do it, but I do it. I knock wood. Yeah. Oh, yeah. For sure. I knock wood. I throw salt over my left shoulder. I I love you know holding your breath when you drive past a cemetery, picking up your leg that. when you drive over a bridge. Yes. Yes. Yeah. What else? What else? What else? Do you X out I'll things? Like if you have out. to walk past your customers and they're talking some fucking bullshit. No. No, I don't. I ought to. How would you say that witchcraft has changed your life? Or has uh, it I not I'd say that witchcraft has actually saved my life. I, I'm oh. pretty sure. So I 
Oh, like so many people, you know, I struggle with mental illness. It runs in my family. I have clinical depression, uh, get it from my mom. And I'm also pretty sure that I have undiagnosed ADHD because like all the symptoms are just too like, yep, got that. Yep, got that. Yep, got that as well. So uh, suicidal ideation is a thing that I struggle with uh, fairly regularly. And back in 2019, my insurance was canceled due to uh, so many things. And now that I'm some bullshit, some bullshit, it was it truly was. So as a result of that, you know, and this was right before the pandemic hit. So it was around the same time that I ran out of my medication. I was I was taking Wellbutrin for a while and I like just couldn't I just couldn't get back on it. I I remember I called, I think, I don't know who I ended up talking to, somebody, some Kaiser representative, because that was, that used to be my provider. And he was actually, he told me to go to the emergency room. He says, like, go to the emergency room. They'll get you signed up for um, emergency Medi-Cal, because I'm in California. That's what we, what we use. And they can get you your medication. And I just thought of the emergency room in, you know, spring of 2020, packed full of people who you know are maybe dying (laughs) probably dying bleeding can't breathe just like all this stuff and i i was just like i can't do that i i can't i will do my i will do my best i will meditate i will be mindful i will you know do everything i can to help myself and now i am full-time again at one of my jobs that will provide benefits once I get signed up for it. So we're going to get back into therapy. We're going to get that script back and I'm going to get back on meds and it's going to be great and everything's going to be fine. So I do highly recommend <laughs> that, you know, uh, you know, the esoteric and the spiritual is all fun and great and Western medicine, please. Uh, yeah. Western medicine is super important. You know, they can work together. Your essential oils, your crystals, you know, your moon observations, astrological charts work with the medication that uh, a doctor has prescribed yeah. or therapy. Yes. So important. I They go hand in hand. But uh, yeah, after like all that bullshit, of course, I was feeling super disempowered. There was like so much going on. And witchcraft was a way for me to take my power back and to find a way to control a little piece of my life when everything was just spiraling. Everything around me was chaos and I could at least know what phase of the moon it was. I knew, you know, like, okay, well, you know, the sun is in Taurus. So that I got that going for me. I know that much. You know, there were certain things that were solid. They were tangible when nothing else around me was like solid. So it was feeling the ground underneath me. That's what it felt like. Like finally, you know, just like touching down and just like almost like lying flat on like a big like lawn and just in the sunshine and and just feeling like, yes, finally, this is the way I can breathe. What would you say is your biggest motivator in your practice? Oh, gosh. I would say it's to commit daily to bettering myself. That's you know, a lot. this I know it's so much. And I I, you know, it's like, well, who 
at the end of the day, who am I doing this for? I am not only doing it for myself, I'm doing it, you know, for the collective. And at the end of the day, most of my magic is to contribute something good. So whether that means, you know, doing what's right for me and like bettering myself. So at least whatever I put into the world is, is positive. You know, that's something small that I can do. Or if it's taking part in, you know, a bigger spell, group spell, or doing magic on someone else's behalf, uh, you know, with their permission, of course. Most of what I do is intended for good. And I, you know, another motivator, I would say, is to keep learning so that this knowledge doesn't die. I I feel like that's really important to, you know, perpetuate uh, the lore to perpetuate the you know, the uh, the existence you know to make sure that future generations know like hey we're here we've always been here and we will continue to be here like i i i know like there are a lot of there's a lot of young witches that i know and you know i i do know that they look up to me and that they look up to others and like you know i feel i take that responsibility very seriously uh, you know, I would be I would be foolish to, you know, not acknowledge the fact that, you know, I've got people who follow me on Instagram and pay attention to what I do. And that to me is it's an honor first and foremost. And like I can't, you know, not regard that. It's very important to me. Um Yeah. And not only for the greater good, but for liberation. That's yes. a big part Thank of you. me as well. <laughs> on behalf of my me thank you <laughs> what would you say you want you most want out of your practice what do i want i would say community i would i would say unity i love being able to share my practice with other people whether it's you know friends who uh hire me more or less for my services like readings or cleansings or uh, building spell jars for people, custom spells. I made I made a batch of black salt for a coworker once. He didn't even ask. I just did it. I was like, "You need this here." <laughs> um, I I love being able to put my magic into the world and have it be you know accepted and honored. And you know, people are grateful for it. I I think they've said thank you. So <laughs> um, that makes me really happy. Yeah. And oh, and when I hear the good feedback from them too, when they tell me like, Hey, that really worked or, you know, that reading you did like it, everything you said was true. And it's the best feeling in the world. It brings me so much joy to know that I'm making a difference because, you know, we all struggle for that sense of, of power and control. And we wonder if, you know, do, you know, does my life have meaning? Am I making a difference? Are, you know, is it better that I'm here? And the answer is always yes. It is the biggest resounding, echoing, guttural yes. And it comes from your friends and your loved ones. It comes from spirit. It comes from the earth. And so it is an ongoing conversation. I feel like that is one of the biggest things that I hope to get out of my witchcraft is just keeping that conversation going. I love that. I love that too. I just like... <laughs> <laughs> it was one of those 
like, yeah, I gave myself like a rough outline of like how to answer the interview questions. But that one was a little more like, oh, no, this is God. the truth. This this is truth and it needs to be spoken. I so like that was. It. Do you feel like you ever have <laughs> imposter syndrome? Oh, yeah. All the time. Funnily enough, in listening to your podcast and listening to all of the amazing witches that you interview, I I realize I'm like, oh shit, I don't have my own business. Like I don't I'm not a content creator. I only have like a thousand what? followers and they're and they're all my friends. You know, like I I I look at my stuff and this like, you know, everything I, I make on social media and I'm like, oh, I'm not that big a deal. Like I don't I don't have like an LLC or like I'm not an independent contractor. This isn't my full time job. That means your life isn't a misery. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, I'm a working class witch, dude. I make I make hourly, and it's you know that is what my life is right now. Like, yeah, I've gone to school for something completely different, and I'm not doing that right now. So that's a big part of it too. You know, I I went to school for theater. I've been a professional actor, professional dancer, and I'm just not doing that right now. So of course the imposter syndrome kicks in in like every phase of my, like every facet of my life. Like, okay, your, your witchcraft is, you know, not enough to gain you followers. Your acting's not enough to get you professional roles full time. Like you can't pay the bills with, with your craft. And it's like, oh, and you just shake your fist at the sky and it's an ongoing, thing to just, you know, tell myself uh, that that I'm enough. Um, I'm actually surprised that there are people that exist that don't have self-doubt or imposter syndrome. And the only thing I can figure out is that they're, well, Kim, they're not as smart as we are. All right. You know, the, the dumb people are blissfully ignorant and they are everywhere. So they just don't think about that stuff that hard. And that's a reality. So yeah, they, you know, I have breakdowns every once in a while and I know that it's all cyclical if i'm feeling shitty i just have to give it time and it'll come back take a nap oh yeah i take naps i dive into i I dive into work you know i i I self-medicate it's not the best thing in the world and i'm not gonna pretend i don't do it you know i enjoy a good ipa and things that are legal in california that may not be legal elsewhere you know, so green things. These are what'd you say? Green things. Green things. If if I mean, if you're doing it right, sometimes they're a little purple. I hope they're never brown. I don't really, <laughs> I don't know about that thing very well. So it's I'm eh, it's to be fine. Educated when I hit Philadelphia this year. <laughs> to be honest, brilliant. Drop yes, everyone. Good. <laughs> I hope some, well, yeah, I hope somebody at least brings some of that because that's Anahata's, right? And they're not, there's no alcohol at Anahata. So I would hope maybe there would be something else. Not that anyone needs substances to have fun. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying like, Especially you know, there, for, you super don't because yeah. I didn't have anything happening. And and I, well, I, I did spend a lot of time crying, but it wasn't because of that. <laughs> right. No, you're you're there. It's raw. You're interacting with, you know, people that are giving you the space to be vulnerable and be authentic. And that can be kind of shocking and overwhelming for, for a lot of folks. So absolutely. I totally get that. Also, can I say that I was really disappointed when you said you're not coming this year because I was hoping you, that I would get to meet you. I have been wanting to go you since I 
heard. Oh, me specifically. Oh, thank yes. you. I, I, that, I appreciate that. And I know I would just make hundreds of new friends and it just, it, it bums me out. There was actually, I, I want to go. It is a goal of mine to go. And like, it was this music festival that I usually go to. Uh, they were thinking about moving their date back to September. So I was like, well, I can't do big, two big trips in September. Like that's, uh, that's not good. What'd you say? It's crazy talk. Oh, <laughs> again, working class witch. I have I have a savings account. It exists. It's not like chonky. So it's like, okay, what can I budget? Um, and then my partner and I booked a trip to New York in September because we had the money and the plane tickets were just too good to pass up. There was an Airbnb that we got and everything like kind of clicked into place. And so I'm just telling myself, you know what? 2023. 2023, I'll be at Anahana's Purpose. I'm going to make it happen. Me too. Yay. And I'll probably be able to walk up a hill at that point. <clears throat> oh, yeah. With that shiny new hip, you're going to be part cyborg. I'm so excited. Oh, I don't even know if you're part cyborg now. Talk about it. Yeah, you're going to get your cybernetic hip. It's going to be great. The Kiminator. That was so stupid. That was so dumb. Thank you for laughing. <laughs> what do you? <laughs> uh, uh, what do you do to uh, talk yourself out of the imposter syndrome? Oh, sometimes I don't, dude. Like, <laughs> good answer, sometimes good I, I just, you know, sometimes you just have to let it ride. I, I do yeah. my best to, uh, you know, I put on a comfort movie or consume other comfort media. I I am not shy about telling my friends that I'm having a rough time. Like I will go to my partner and be like, I need a hug. I need a hug right now. Can you make me a PB and J? And like if he's got <laughs> the spoons, then usually he he comes in clutch. So that's I'm grateful for that. He's he's pretty good when it comes to uh supporting me. And usually, yeah, I can really I can align the you know, the 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 valleys, those those mental health valleys with my uh hormonal cycle. So I usually, usually when I'm having a rough time, I think about where I am in the, the menstrual cycle and I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, that makes sense. So it's helpful for the logical part of my brain to know that this isn't real and that my hormones are just being mean. So it's a lot of that, just, you know, telling my brain to shut up and to stop being mean and just to let it kind of pass I have to do that with sleep. That's why I said take a nap because if I don't get enough sleep, then I usually spend most of my time in tears and thinking everything in life is terrible. I feel like I'm I'm the same way. I get like a cranky baby <laughs> if I don't if I don't get a nap. Same with food. Oh my gosh, yes. What would you say is your biggest struggle when it comes to witchcraft? Executive dysfunction. Mm. Full stop. <laughs> For I like I know when the sabbats are, and if I've had a long day at work, like I'm not gonna get up off the couch to make bread for llamas. Like I'm tired. So, or knowing like the the if I I always want to you know make moon water and put out my crystals and my tarot cards uh when it's a full moon or a new moon and 
at there are times when it just uh, I'm just oh so overwhelmed faints on couch you know like it's I can't always bring myself to go full out and that is a big struggle for me so I sometimes I just have to keep it small that makes sense yeah and I know I'm not alone so that's good yeah (laughs) What would you say are your long-term goals? Do you have any long-term goals for your practice? Um, Yeah, I would love to get more involved with witches in my area. Southern California has a very, it has a big magical community. I, I don't want to make the assumption that they're all based out of Los Angeles. And I know like that's, you know, quite the hub of more, uh, not to assume that every witch is like progressive and leftist and that's that's where I'm at. Those are the people that I want to talk to. You know, I so I don't want to assume like that's where all the witches are. You know, there are witches here in Orange County uh, where I am. And I know there are witches in San Diego where I grew up. So like they're around and I want to get to know them personally. I want to, you know, find those group rituals. Um, there's a couple of metaphysical stores uh, that are pretty close to me and they have a fairly healthy online presence and they do they do rituals every once in a while. And I would I would just love to get to know those people better. The not only the shop owners, but the vendors that they employ for their, you know, street fairs and and things like that. I actually, I'm, I would love to write a book or a play about magic. Um, you know, if a good story strikes me, like I, again, I've been involved with theater my whole life and I've got things kick, kicking around in my brain. Like, okay, how can I bring witchcraft to the stage? I would, I would love to do that. Like even in a, in a fictional sense, I feel like it's something that there's definitely an audience for it. You know what I mean? Like I, I think it would be, I think it could be really impactful. And the book could be, I would love to do this. Yes. I, it's something like everybody that's listening, this is going to happen and you're going to help us putting it it out there. (laughs) Yes. Give me all of your like positive, motivating, you know, energy, good vibes with a Z. Yes. (laughs) Yes. I'm here for it. I'm open to receiving all of it. I want this. Everybody send her lasers. (laughs) <laughs> I am not even kidding. <laughs> I'm not kidding either. I'm, I'm, you know, it's been something I've been thinking about for so long and I just don't have a story yet. So I have to just, you know, keep taking notes, keep writing things down, writing everything down. And eventually something will happen. You know, I light some candles, ask the right deities for help, you know, call to the ancestors, what have you. I'm certain this is going to happen. What would you say brings you the most joy in your practice? Ooh, I, I, I mentioned it before. I think seeing the impact that my magic has for others, you know, when they, they ask me for uh, my services, like I, when I hear like a reading goes really well. Like I had a friend recently who changed their career path and they were going into financial planning, like something that they were had not been doing before at all. And she came to me for a reading and 
it was like, yeah, like keep doing what you're doing. Like the cards are saying like this will pay off. And we were getting pentacles everywhere, right? You know, associated with earth and things of monetary value. Ching, ching, ching. And yeah, she just recently got certified and she made it a point to thank me and say it was because of that. And I'm like, I didn't do anything really. It was all you and the cards knew what you were doing was the right path. So like, I will, I will accept your thanks, of course. And I just hope she knows like that it was mostly all her. That's still like feeling like hearing that and, and knowing that there are people who appreciate what, what I do. Um, that brings me, that brings me a lot of joy. And I love hearing about new witches, kids, you know, teenagers getting into it, discovering, you know, uh, witchy movies and books for the first time. I think that's fantastic. That brings me a lot of joy too. Are there any witchy things that you geek out about? Ooh, uh, I do geek out about tarot quite a bit. Like I have always loved symbolism and symbology like i the da vinci code was my shit when it came out dude i read that book so fast the summer it came out i was in high school i was like yes all the symbols oh my gosh i was in all my lit classes all of my teachers knew that they could rely on me during classroom discussion to be like (laughs) yes the green light at the end of you know daisy's dock in great gatsby means this and i could you know save everybody (laughs) Um, Tennessee Williams is one of my favorite playwrights because his symbolism is like in your face. You can't fucking miss it. Yeah. Like table work for, for plays. Anytime I get cast in a show and we, you know, read through the play as a cast for the first time, I'm always the ones dropping like, okay, so you know what Clifford Odette's meant by that, right? And they're like, what? I'm like, yeah, there's a reason why she's wearing what she's wearing. It's because it says what? This. With a U. (laughs) That's me. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> I'm 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 there. I'm to the rescue. So yeah, tarot uh really like ticks all those boxes for me. For my birthday, I was gifted a book on tarot art. So it's got a bunch of different. Oh. Yes, I'm so. I have yet to like really sit down and just like dive deep into it. And every time I I you know. Uh, if I see like an artist on TikTok or something designing a new tarot deck, like, I want to know everything about it. I want to know. I'm like, okay, so what'd you pick for the fool? Hmm, that's an interesting choice. Why'd you do that? Or like those people who do like tarot fan art mashups. Have you seen the Vine tarot? It, no. I'm obsessed. <gasps> so far, so far she's, I think her, her TikTok handle is like, Holly is not an artist. I think that, or something close to that. So she's only done the major arcana, but it's all popular vines. And I, God, I can't get enough. I I need her to do the whole thing. I need her to to do all 78 cards. I need it. I need it like yesterday. Um, So that's something that I geek out about for sure. Um, Also astrology. I will talk at people about (laughs) planetary transits all day. People who didn't ask. It's cute. My coworkers are very like, uh huh. They're, they're very supportive. They're very sweet. So I think those are my two biggest, like, you know, <laughs> I get really excited <laughs> and we'll just keep, keep going about it. Are you following Arcana Verte? I am not. Or, or of Arcana Verte. Aiden, the, the one that I interviewed, her tarot is fucking beautiful. 
Ooh, fucking beautiful. I'm going to write it down. And she's got really interesting symbology. Ooh, I'm intrigued. I'm going to write it down. I'm going to go check it out. Does your partner practice? Uh, He does not, question mark. And he will take any crystal that I I give to him (laughs) for his work. Like, if he's having a a certain kind of a day, I'll hand him a crystal and be like, here, you need this. And he'll be like, okay, he's down. (laughs) Um, He's let me read cards for him a couple of times. And uh, it's been, it was a pretty impactful experience, which has resulted in him speaking very highly of what I do to others, which is great. Love that. He, do you know that the guy on TikTok who tries to explain his witchy wife? Kind of, he's, yeah. Oh, it's so funny. I love all, all his stuff. But it, it's very much like that. Like, uh, yeah, I, no, I can't come out tonight. I got to go put water outside because the moon's doing a thing. Yeah. <laughs> why? Oh, I don't know. It's just really important. And he's just really supportive. You know, he doesn't quite know why. Um, but kind yeah, like he will that. contribute... Uh, <laughs> He'll contribute to spells and to rituals if I ask him to, um, especially if it's something like an abundance spell or a money draw or something that would impact the both of us. Um, he's carved candles with me, uh, anointed candles with me. And yeah, he he definitely doesn't, he is not a detriment to my work by any means. I think he only, what's the word I'm looking for? Yeah, he's he's only helpful. He's he's <laughs> he only has good things to say. That's nice. Ken is like that too. That's the best. It's so important. Do you feel like social media affects your practice? I do. I do. Um I actually love social media and I think I'm pretty good at it. Uh I learned very young what not to say and do in chat rooms and forums. And yeah, I think (laughs) my parents might have a differing opinion. Like, hey, Darcy, (laughs) maybe you shouldn't post so many pictures of you holding alcoholic beverages. And I'm like, oh, yeah, it's probably a really good point. Um, But other than that, like I've lived almost my entire life online. And as someone who uh, is a performer, who I have been told by theater teachers in the past that I like to be watched, whatever that means, I always know that whatever I put out into the internet world is a very easy way to make something real. Um, It's a way to manifest, speak it into existence. It's also a way to, you know, bring the evil eye on you, which can be very stressful. And that's just, you know, all the more reason to, you know, uh, use protection magic. It was only recently that I made my Instagram private. I was I was on public for a long time. Yes, I think. was. But yeah, so keeping keeping social media private is a really good way to to protect oneself. But when it comes to glamour magic, I feel like social media is your best friend. Hmm. It can be a really, really powerful magical tool if if you use it correctly. If one uses it correctly is what I'm saying. And I do my best to live that way. Like everything that I post is authentic. It's real. It really happened. I'm really there. That's really what I look like. There is some like 
filtering airbrushing stuff and if i've got a zit i might edit that out but other than that like it's still who i am and i still give it so much thought everything that i post i know that people are watching and i never forget that and i think being that mindful about you know the magical tools that you are using because i do consider social media to be a magical tool is important to, you know, you treat these tools with reverence. These are gifts we are privileged to be able to use. And it is important to be mindful. How do you feel like you use or do you feel like you use social media to affect others? Ooh, yes, I, I do feel like I use it to to affect others. I share information about like places where other people can find community. I sh- I share as much information as I can for folks who might not have access to it. Maybe I'm their only resource. I can't imagine that I would be for a lot of people. Um, the, my social media, you know, it is a bit of a bubble. I, I am kind of, you know, preaching to the choir a little bit. And I I know that I have followers who, you know, I am their access to to articles, to like if I share like a ritual or a street fair or something that's happening or uh, yes, I would rather share information than not because I never know who needs to see it. So I do use it to influence others. It's mostly like kind of let, not letting your freak flag fly, but I do want people to know that they might not be the only person that thinks a certain way. So I do it more for letting folks know they're not alone. Kind of like this podcast. Yeah, exactly. Cool. I approve. And that matters. <laughs> it does. I'm not kidding. <laughs> That sounded that sounded very like sarcastic, but I'm I'm not kidding because you know, like it or not, like you and other people who host podcasts and other content creators and influencers, they do that. They influence, and there is a certain level of we'll say celebrity that comes along with that. You know, there are people who your podcast is all they listen to. Your advice is gospel, and. You know, like it or not, that's, that's weird. It is. And Whoever's there have been... That, go listen to which, which Amateur Hour <laughs> as well, please. <laughs> There's something noble about the reluctant hero. <laughs> so many stories have been written. <laughs> so why not just embrace it? <laughs> because I'm bad at it. You'll always be bad at it with that attitude. Ta-da! <laughs> Finger guns. <laughs> exactly. That's almost exactly what I did here in my closet. <laughs> Is there anything you wish more people were discussing in the witch community? Or do you think we're pretty much talked out? I think more witches need to think bigger, honestly. Like we do magic for self often. And 
I will see a lot of witches asking like for money spells, for protection spells to keep them and their home safe. And that's all good and fine. That's, you know, important, obviously. And I would love to see more witches reach out to, you know, organize their communities and expand their network. I I feel like this is the best time in history to be a witch and to communicate with other witches. We have so much technology, so many tools at our disposal, and we could make an incredible impact if we organized. And we have made incredible impacts by by organizing group spells, um, meeting up in person, marching, rallying. And I think that dismantling the machine needs to be on the agenda every single day. Are there any witches that you envy? For any reason. Yes, I have to check my how I answered this question on paper because it's really important to talk about these things. Envy is real and I feel like just acknowledging it is a step toward, you know, being well, grateful I for envy what you have. Macy and her goddamn connection to the goddamn her fucking area that she lives in, man. I fucking want that. I love that. Yes, I I think I've asked at least once for for a home tour from from Macy, but I get that it's super private. Like her space is her space, and she has, she does not owe that to us at all. But I just I would love to see like the whole layout of like the the property. I think that would be super cool. Yes, I oh, I'm really and- nosy. <laughs> Same. I'm not going to do anything with the information. I just want to have it. Yeah, exactly. This this is why this podcast exists, because I just want to know shit about people. And it's keeping it in my head. (laughs) Real answer. I I envy any witch that has their own business. I envy... I I know it's bananas and I I just I envy shopkeepers, healers, entrepreneurs and craftspeople I because their magic is they're able to make their magic their full-time job. Um I I would I would honestly love to have that much immersion and also Me too, God damn it. It's there's something really special about making your art your job and you know making your your magic your job. And hopefully, you know, <laughs> None of us wants to bring the bad parts of work home with us. So I do hope for their sanity that that's a thing that is able to happen, that they're able to, you know, uh, compartmentalize and cut that cord if need be. And I just think it would be super neat to not wait tables anymore. Fucking that. (laughs) My sister did that. Now she's a bartender. I just, I hate people. Oh, I'm a terrible bartender. Like I'm fast and my drinks are fine. I'm just not very nice. That's <laughs> I also I have no poker face. So like if I'm busy and making a lot of drinks and like absolutely weeded, you're gonna see it on my face. And some guest walks in, sits down at the bar and is like, Hey, can I get a you know, XYZ? And I look you like I'm having smile, a bad honey. time. Exactly. I I can't help it. I can't help what my face does. And that is why I don't belong behind the bar. Also, when you're behind the bar, you can't just walk away from bad conversation. You're stuck Ugh. there. And that was rough with me as well. I I bartended in this place that you know, every bar has regulars. Um, this happened to be in a city in Southern California that is rather well known 
for their marches and rallies uh, for the former president who shall not be named. And so it was really rough having customers come in and just say awful, awful things, racist things, sexist gross. things. They would. It was. It was gross. And it's so disheartening because I, I really don't feel that any service worker should have to be nice to somebody who makes them feel unsafe. And that was the situation I was in. I'm like, I'm not comfortable. I want out. So that's why I haven't gone back to bartending. Who would you say or what? It doesn't have to be who. Would you say are your three biggest influences on your practice? Ooh, I think one of my biggest influences uh, definitely is my cousin. Her name is Leah Garza, and she is also uh, involved in the magical community. She is a spiritual healer and an educator. She lives in Los Angeles. She actually kind of helped me kickstart my magical journey. She is an Akashic Records practitioner. She is getting her, if she doesn't already have it, she's getting her PhD. She's currently teaching. Yeah, she's wicked smart. Yeah, she hosts classes constantly. She's been on, uh, she has a podcast herself, which I don't know if they've updated fairly recently, but she was actually the one who recommended uh, Amanda Yates Garcia, uh, her podcast and her book. So I have all of that information, all that media because of my cousin. And I'm very grateful to her. If I told her, I'm like, hey, like you're the reason why I do magic, she would Hmm. balk at that. She would be like, ah, get out of here, whatever. (laughs) But it's, I, I, you know, I think it's really, really cool and special that I have, you know, somebody who's close to my age in my family who I can talk about this stuff with and bounce stuff off of her too. And she just simply by being who she is and sharing the things that she learns in throughout her journey through academia, which <laughs> if you ask her, she'll tell you that she she hates it and she loves it. It's very it's a very complicated relationship. But everything that she shares on her social media just makes me realize like I know nothing. There's so much out there. And if you think like buzzwords like social justice and decoloniality are annoying, like there is a bigger, broader world out there even beyond that. Like way more social justicier than you could even imagine. <laughs> and it's so fun. I'm I'm so into it. Like I ah oh, yeah, she's the best. I would say uh Charlie and Macy, honestly, they're yeah. like I don't really listen to podcasts. Like I think there's three <laughs> that I listen to, and that would be Amanda's and yours and and theirs. And I found them in like 2018. So right when, you know, I kind of said like I came out as a witch and it was this journey started to get like really super serious for me. And they were, you know, I just kind of searched for witchy podcasts on Spotify and I found them and it was, it's been, it's been so important to me that finding that. Me oh, too. Gosh, well, I know. Yes. I want to say there, there's got to be others. I, I think I, I mentioned <laughs> uh, Star Wars already, but I think, you know, the force and learning about that has also had an impact. There are 
there are books about it. And like they're, you know, they're fictional. They're part of the Star Wars extended universe, what have you. But there is the book The Jedi Path and there is the book of the Sith. And they have snippets written from the point of view of, you know, Anakin Skywalker and Ahsoka Tano and Obi-Wan Kenobi and all other Force-sensitive people, uh, humanoids, I guess. Or even not humanoids, because that universe is so expansive and inclusive. But yeah, I it was such a big part of my life for so long. I, I did all the research that I could, and I found a lot of really important information that relates to how one's body relates to the space, you know, and how your energy can influence other things. So people will tell you that the force isn't real. (laughs) They have no idea. It is though. That's the thing. I'm not even like half the time, half the things you're talking about, I don't know what they are, (laughs) but (laughs) I know what the force is. And and the Force looks different for every Force user. And in the Star Wars universe, as well as, you know, our present reality, whatever, you know, uh, Matrix, you want to call this. <laughs> Shit show. What would you yes, tell somebody just, what would you tell somebody just starting out? I would tell somebody just starting out, I would say, never assume you know everything. Assume you know nothing, actually. (laughs) And because there is always something to learn. You're never not learning when you're practicing this. It's that's a good rule for life, honestly. Um, (laughs) But yeah, to speak with authority on a certain topic, like, eh, you know, yeah, like, I'll allow it. If you've done this for, for a while, like I will, I will listen to someone who has a few years of experience. And at the same time, I, I have to realize that that person is also still a student, um, as are we all. And I feel like it's really important to always remind one's self of that, that, you know, this is still a journey, still ongoing. The story isn't over. I would, oh, if someone tells you that something is a closed practice, I would say don't argue with them. Just if witches that who are more oppressed than you are are trying to speak to you about it, do not argue with them. Like it, it it won't end well. It it just I don't know what you're hoping to achieve by insisting, you know, that you have a right. I want to, but I want to. I I want to do whatever I want. (laughs) Me, I don't want to be your friend. I that's not. That's not the magic that I want in my life. That is not, that's a connection to spirit that needs some more examining. And you want, I would admonish those witches to ask themselves why they feel entitled to this. I would say, what else? Listen to, listen to elder witches, listen to witches of color. Also, if you're, any time is a good time to start and any time is a good time to change the path that you're on or just to start over entirely. Oh, and I also want to tell those witches who are just starting out that you're doing a good job. You are. And we see you. We see you trying and we're proud of you and that you do make a difference. I'm going to add something to the start whenever statement. 
don't wait for such and such to happen. Just start now. Yes. If you wait for the right thing, the right time, the right day, the right phase of the moon, the right job, you're going to be waiting forever. Just start. It's true. It's okay if you don't have everything you need. Just start. Yes. You feel called to this for a reason. And that calling finds all of our favorite characters and all of our favorite stories at the worst point in their life so far. You know, again, to bring it back to Star Wars, when we think about Luke Skywalker and his hero's journey, what has just happened to this poor boy? What happens to Leia? Like, what happens to all of these people to get them started or you know, to change the trajectory. Terrible things happen. And that happens in life too. Sometimes, you know, it takes something truly major or it doesn't at all. Sometimes you just get an idea and it's so small, but it doesn't stop sparkling. It's there like in your gut or in the back of your brain, a tickle in your throat, a buzzing in your chest, wherever it manifests, you know. And it's a calling that doesn't go away. So, you know, you might as well listen because it's probably right. Sometimes a wizard and 13 dwarves knock on your door. Sometimes that happens, too. (laughs) I'm picturing dwarves from Lord of the Rings. Me, too. (laughs) In that same vein of person with experience speaking to someone with less experience, what would you like to hear from somebody more experienced than yourself? That I'm doing a good job and that they're proud of me. It is so uh, funny how everyone says that. That is so interesting to me. I, just about everyone I, I just, says that. I, I do, Yeah, I feel like, you know, that... Uh, relationship you know the the teacher student master apprentice parent child relationship is something that is just so intrinsically human that we long for it so, long after we're independent adults also like the independent adult thing is very recent and very western as far as i know so like just the idea that we can do this on our own, I I think that's that needs to be abolished altogether. Unrealistic. Unrealistic. It doesn't function. Nobody's happy. You know, we're all painfully lonely and everybody's crying for connection. And that causes us to make all sorts of unwise choices and parade around as something that we're not in order to get likes and gain followers because we think that'll make us whole. And that wholeness has to come from something else. Like, it's got to come from, if it doesn't come from within, it has to come from someone that you trust. So I think, yeah, hearing from other witches with more experience that they trust me, that would be oh so, so good. So cool. <laughs> Who would you like to see on the show? Oh, I've got I got to plug some of my friends real quick. I would love. OK, so my cousin, Leah, if you can get a hold of her, she's available uh, for, you know, uh, podcast appearances and whatnot. She's done it many times. And I think that would be cool. 
I think Amanda would be super fun if you can get a hold of her. I just know that she's busy and popular because she's uh, just <laughs> she's having a moment. She's having a moment right now and has been for the past couple of years. She actually started the podcast with another witch named Sarah Faith Godestiner. Uh, she's not involved with the podcast anymore. And Sarah is still very much involved with the magical community. She's really cool as well. I would recommend her. Also, I've got a couple of buddies of mine who have, like, we all kind of started our witchy journeys around the same time. Uh, one of whom, her name is Anna Smith. She is a yogi and a theater educator based out of uh, Northern California, Bay Area. She is such a powerful influence on my life and my practice. I see everything that she does. And I think it's it's so similar to, to me in so many ways. I just, I, I love and respect her authenticity and her hard work. Uh, another person is a former coworker of mine. Her name is Rissy Watkins. She is a performer, a stunt actor, and she's a Christian witch. And I love seeing, oh yeah, it's, I love seeing the way her magic manifests, the way that she practices the craft, because I, I, I can't get enough of that viewpoint, to be honest. I am not a Christian, and my ancestors are, so it's still very important to me. And there's a lot of Christians in my life whom I love and respect, and I feel like their point of view doesn't always get uh, the biggest amplifier. You know what I mean? I feel like... <laughs> I don't, I'm, I'm talking specifically witchcraft within Christianity. Okay. Okay. Specifically that. Um, yeah. Everything else, like, no, we've had enough from the Bible thumpers. We're not talking about that. We are talking about how they reconcile their relationship with Jesus Christ and their practice of magic. I think that's really neat. And I'm interested to learn more. Thirdly would be another former coworker of mine. Her name is Jenny Ryerson. Uh, she is based out of Southern California. She is a life coach, a spiritual, yeah, like a spiritual coach, um, a healer, and a mom. And she, she and I used to. She's another uh, service industry soldier. So she and I have worked in restaurants together. She is also a very strong personality, and I love watching her magical path. And the different directions that it goes in. Is there anything else you wanted to bring up or ask me? Yeah, well, I would like to mention that I am findable on on the TikTok on the Clock app. Uh, I think my handle is the same as my Twitter handle, so it's at the Dars side at the underscore Dars D A R C E underscore side. And I think <laughs> I think my name on on TikTok or at least in my bio, it says Jedi of Cups, which is just, it's a name that came to me at some point and it's, I, I can't let it go. I feel like it's, it's too good. And yes, I know like a Jedi Knight is like a level of being a Jedi. So to be a Knight of Cups, yeah, I get like, I get it. But like Jedi of Cups just had a ring to it. So you can probably search that and I'll probably turn up. Okay. Okay. I got a question for you, Kim. I got a question. Oh, okay. Okay. You see... Your favorite witchy celebrity in public. Oh my god! And it's like it's a it's a chill environment. Like it's not weird. You're totally like you're able to. I am filled with so much person. anxiety, and this is not even a real situation. 
imagine like it's the perfect circumstance. The, the conversation starts organically. You offer to buy them something, not a drink. Like, hey, can I buy you a drink? Not a drink. You've got, you got to buy them something else. You offer to buy them something else. And what is it? Something to eat. What? Okay. Okay. That's good. That's good. It's going to be, you want to go get something to eat? (laughs) I I had a, so here's the thing. My partner ran into George Lucas at a gallery (gasps) once. Yeah, I know. And like, I'm like, you should go offer to buy him a pack of gum. Everybody offers to buy him drinks. You should buy him something like weird, like a pack of gum. It's just so good stick though. Yeah, it's so, and he'll never forget that interaction. George Lucas will never forget you. He's always going to remember the guy that offered to buy him gum. It'll be some weird thing and he brings up on interviews periodically. Yes, exactly. You'd be like, that was me. (laughs) And that is how you network. All you actors out there. I'm just kidding. I don't know. I don't know anything about networking at all. I'm bad at it (laughs) because I'm, Kim, I'm like you as, you know, bubbly and charismatic as I like to think that I am. And I've been told that I am. I get horrible anxiety when it comes to introducing myself to people. Like once we shake hands and you know my name and I know yours, the floodgates have opened and you're going to know everything. And until that point, um, I'm I'm just not going to talk to you. I'm just going to pretend you're not there. It's really, it's really uncomfortable, and it kind of makes me come across as rude. Because, me too. I get it. Yeah, because I'm like, I swear I'm not ignoring you. I'm just painfully shy in the moment. But you know, in sixth grade, somebody told me that I was a snob because I had never talked to anyone, and I was like, "What the fuck?" Because I'm afraid of somebody, you. Are you crazy? Somebody wrote that in my yearbook, my freshman oh, year. They're mean. like, they're like, we're you're kind of stuck up sometimes, but mm, honestly, you're really cool. I'm like, I'm not stuck up. I just. I'm terribly intimidated by you. <laughs> oh, gosh. High school was a fucking stupid. <laughs> it, it was a fun game, wasn't it? Uh... <laughs> My high school reunion just happened two nights ago. Did you go, though? Hell no. All right. Fair enough. I some pictures. I don't have, well, one, I'm not fucking flying to a goddamn East Coast state where it's hot as fuck and humid but also oh yeah no (laughs) hard pass i understand but it would probably be like something to eat hey you want to go get whatever it depends on where we are for sure i could introduce it like if it's here or somewhere i've been hey i want to take you to the best whatever the fuck it is in town if it's if i'm not there i'm be like hey you know i heard because i'm a fucking food obsessed person i heard the such and such is really good you want to go get some i wanted to try it come try it with me that's what i would do you're, you're a taurus son right you're damn right yes. okay. <laughs> i just love it when the the jokes and the memes line up with with folks reality i think that's they hysterical definitely do. and so in the aries like, moon as well because ah I would light your fucking house on fire if you cross me yes <laughs> i've got an emotion and everybody's gonna hear about it yep yes I have so three Aries end. placements, okay. so I get Ooh. that. <laughs> oh. Yes, my Mars, Mercury, and Venus are all in Aries. It's fun. <laughs> my Mercury, I think, is in Gemini. But my Mars in, is in Aries. Is that right? Oh, okay. Am I, saying, am I saying these backwards? No, you got it right. Yeah, the planet is in the constellation. You're just saying words to me, and I'm saying, okay. <laughs> yeah. 
when it's like the planet is a dot it in the sky stick in my head you might as well be telling me math words i okay. understand what you're saying that is english yes but it's not comprehension there's no comprehension at all <laughs> i'm sorry so at the end everyone knows by now please recommend something for the listeners oh god like anything yes I forgot about this question. Oh gosh! What? Oh yeah, because it was. A um. Oh, okay. I've got. I've got it. I've got a recommendation. Hit me. Everybody, watch Goodfellas. Oh. Yeah, we just lost Paul Sorvino today, and what? we lost. Yes, Paul Sorvino people? also Jesus passed away. Christ. I know. Well, it's it. So is David Warner and Paul Sorvino today. So that that's my only recommendation. Um, yeah. I like Martin Scorsese is not my favorite director, and Goodfellas is. Just it, you know, I I feel like it's a way to pay homage to those who came before, and also if it inspires you to make different and better cinema, that that's that can also be a thing. Well, <laughs> we can let that happen. Um, if I'm going to recommend anything else, let's see. Everyone watch The Bear. I think it's on Hulu. If you want to learn what it's like to work in a restaurant, that's that's the oh, best. Oh my god, the best portrayal so far that I have seen. It's uh, Alec couldn't watch it. He hated it so much. He had to walk away. Um, I loved it. I may not be able to watch it for that reason because I only worked at Burger King, but it still made me fucking hate everything. Do you know what it's like to hear a printer go off? Not the same. Oh, when like you know what it's like to have it before you close or something, and yeah, the tickets, the tickets printing. Yeah, the ticket prints, and the printer just keeps printing, just keeps printing, just keeps printing. They have that in the show. There's an intense conversation happening, and in the background is the fucking printer just printing tickets, printing tickets, oh and God. the phone is ringing. The phone keeps ringing. Oh, it's the best. No. It's awful no. in how accurate it is. It's, you know, it's, uh When you say chef's kiss, that's, that's this moment. <laughs> like, literally, chef's kiss. That sounds like something terrible that I would probably get really stressed out <laughs> yes I, I think that's the goal and i think uh if a piece of media can accomplish that then it's doing exactly what it was intended to do and i love that sort of specificity in art when it starts those conversations and that's what it wants to talk about it's done its job still don't want to get stressed out though <laughs> <laughs> that's fair you don't have to watch it you, know, you, be, My sister you can watch something would, else because she's a, she, like my she's been a server her whole life yes see if actually just ask her like hey have you seen this and she'll either say yes in all caps she doesn't or no tell me about it <laughs> she does what she doesn't have hulu now at the very very end i ask everyone to please tell me a story that they love to tell a story i love to tell okay oh there's mm. Does it have to be witchy or do, can it just be about no, anything? No, no, no. Just a, a story that you enjoy telling that you've told before and hopefully it makes you scream laugh at some point or cringe. That oh. makes me scream laugh. <laughs> All right. I've got a story. I, I've told this story a hundred times, really. And it's one of my favorite stories from my uh, career in the service industry. This is this just goes to show uh, how difficult it can be actually to get fired <laughs> from a place. Oh, Not that no. I did it on purpose, but I'm just I'm just saying. So uh, I used to work at the Tilted Kilt. For if, those of you who don't know, the Tilted Kilt is like 
an Irish Scottish themed Hooters. It is a restaurant. Uh, the people that are hired to work there are not classified as food service workers. They're entertainers. So what? they are, yes, they are legally allowed to have their hair down and long while they're serving oh. food to have their, their nails done. Yeah. Both of these are food safety concerns that food service workers, um, this is not a thing that is allowed to happen. And because these workers are on like legally classified as entertainers, that's, and that's also why they can discriminate, uh, about, uh, how you look, your body type and whatnot. So anyway, this was, oh, this was 2007, I think when I got hired there. So this was a lifetime ago, right? So we had just at the restaurant installed a a trivia game and it was on independent consoles. So basically, um, you know, the guests got to take a console, take it to their table and play on the television screens. You know, I've, I feel like people might have seen these before at like Buffalo Wild Wings or, or whatnot. Um, but anyway, this was a new thing that we had just installed. Um, oh, this, my restaurant, by the way, it used to be right next to Petco Park in downtown San Diego. So I'm working the day shift. Some folks come in a little bit later toward like early evening and it's a game night. So the Padres are playing. Their people are starting to trickle in to get beer and food before the game. So it's starting to get busy, right? Um, by this time, I, I've been dating my uh, former partner for, for a while. He lives 90 miles north uh, of San Diego. So I am getting ready to get off my shift and go drive up to spend the weekend with him. So these guests rent a console. And the way we rented them out was we held a credit card for them. So we would hold the credit card. You rent the console when you bring the console back. Oh, we no. give you a credit card back. You see where this is going, don't you? Yeah. So, oh, another part I neglected to mention is that I had driven down from Orange County that morning to work that shift and was going to drive back up after. So I did that. I, I, I park in, in Huntington Beach and I get a call from my manager and he says, you still have the guest's credit card. They're pissed. And I go, oh, no. I'm like, no, I have a moment of panic. Like, oh, what do I do? Like, ugh. the only solution was to get back in my car and drive back, of course. So I did that. I was so mad about it. So I drove like over 300 miles right that day or something like that, like uh, down, then up and then down again. <laughs> it was so not 300 miles, but like three hours in the car total, probably. It might more. as well be 300 I miles. I can't do math. <laughs> It was just it was just a gnarly day. So it is the the game is almost starting. Downtown San Diego is packed. Foot traffic. It is gridlocked on, you know, the East Village streets. You can't find parking anywhere. So I pull up in the loading zone right in front of the restaurant and, you know, Padres fans are flooding in through the gate. It is packed with people. But manager, my manager is standing in front of the doors with his arms crossed, just waiting for me to get there. Pull into the loading zone, put my hazards on, hop out of the car, hand him the credit card. And I ask, am I fired? And he goes, no. And I'm like, okay, bye. I'm back in the car. <laughs> and I think I crashed at my dad's place or something. You know, I didn't, I didn't drive back up to Orange County that night. But I... Just I tell that story like, hey, if you're a server and you think you fucked up, did you ever drive 90 miles with a Gus credit card in your pocket? Probably not. But I did that. Oh, God. 
and I didn't get fired. That's amazing, dude. <laughs> Sounds nightmarish, but also so very food service. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hashtag relatable. Oh my god. Oh my god. <laughs> Please no. <laughs> I hope that never happens to me. And I hope I never do that again. And I, oh I haven't. Gosh. Oh my gosh. You have a little special place you put it. Except you couldn't because you were not thinking about it. Otherwise, you would have put it in a special place. You know, do you know Actually, where I put it? There is a special it, place. Yeah, you they had us wear sporns. We didn't, we didn't wear aprons. We wore, you know, the oh, little leather yeah, pouches yeah. that goes with the kilt. Like, that's part of, like, traditional Scottish, you know, apparel. You've got the little leather pouch that sits oh in your crotchal region. So I had one of those, and that's where everything went. Everything gets, everything gets stuck in the sporn. So <laughs> that's where it was, in my little leather pouch. Ew. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I know. I'm sorry that happened to you, but also I'm glad <laughs> that I got to hear the story. <laughs> I enjoy telling that story. So it all worked out. Everyone benefits, really. Perfect. <laughs> And those people probably had something that they didn't need to spend money to go do. So good for them. You saved Yeah, them. probably. I, you know what? I did. Saved your life. Sure yep. did. <laughs> well, thanks for being on the show. Thank you so much for having me. This was so fun. Yay. And I will see you on the internet. Bye. Bye. It's love letter time again, and this one says, I'm having trouble starting because I'm just overflowing with love for Kim and Your Average Witch podcast. Kim knows just how to get people to open up and share about their experiences and really helps me feel like I'm not alone on this journey. That's the whole point, friend. I am glad that it helps. Hey, thanks for listening to this episode of Your Average Witch. You can find us all around the internet on Instagram at Your Average Witch Podcast, Twitter at Average Witch Pod, Facebook at Facebook.com slash Your Average Witch Podcast, at YourAverageWitch.com, and at your favorite podcast service. Want to help the podcast grow? Leave a review. You can review us on Amazon and Apple Podcasts, and now you can rate us on Spotify. You just might hear your review read at the end of the next episode. To rate Your Average Witch on Spotify, click the home key click on Your Average Witch podcast and then leave a rating. You can also support the show by going to patreon.com slash cleverkimscurios. If you'd like to recommend someone for the podcast, like to be on it yourself, or if you'd like to advertise on the podcast, send an email to youraveragewitchpodcast at gmail.com. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you in the moon changes. Moon changes.